Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. The Grizzlies and the Bobcats shared simultaneous weeks off that saw playoff opponents become solidified and a slew of awards won over the holiday weekend. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Montana's 29-10 win over Montana State secured the number six seed in the FCS playoffs for the Grizz. UM takes a four-game winning streak into its division-best 25th playoff appearance. Montana will host fourth-ranked Eastern Washington Friday night in Missoula after the Eagles posted a 19-9 win over Northern Iowa in the first round on Saturday. Despite the rivalry loss, Montana State takes the number eight seed into the playoffs. The Bobcats will take on an upstart Tennessee Martin squad of the Ohio Valley that forced six turnovers to spring an upset of Missouri State 32-31. The Skyhawks are in their second ever playoff appearance. Montana and Montana State's football teams were each well recognized with the release of the Big Sky Conference's year-end awards and all-league squads. Montana State senior linebacker Troy Anderson was named the league's defensive player of the year. Montana quarterback Justin Ford was named the league's newcomer of the year after transferring to UM from Louisville last offseason. Other Grizz that received first-team All-Big Sky accolades include linebacker Patrick O'Connell, safety Robbie Howe, kick returner Malik Flowers, punter Brian Buschini, and special teams ace Trevin Gradney. Other first-team Bobcats included running back Isaiah Afonso, wide receiver Lance McCutcheon, offensive lineman Lewis Kidd, defensive tackle Chase Benson, and defensive end Daniel Hardy. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Garden City Plumbing and Heating. Yo, what's up? Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back in. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Thanks for hanging out with us on a Monday. I missed you. I heard from a lot of you guys last week, which 
Made me feel rather good. What's going on? No show this week? What's, what's happening? I need my podcast. I need my YouTube channel. So we appreciate everybody listening. Hopefully you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I've never watched so much football in my life. It was so great. I didn't, I only had to write about two of the games that I watched. I probably watched 15 of them. So definitely a good time away. Good to recharge a little bit. And now we're back in the saddle and we're getting into the heart of the NFL season and the playoffs at the FCS level. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, our good buddy Riley Corcoran, not here today. He's doing the double duty, which at this time of year, I don't know how these guys do it. I don't know how they keep it all straight. Remember, this guy's name, that guy's name, it's hard enough to remember all the football stuff, let alone crossing over into basketball. These play-by-play guys are so talented, man. Riley's doing a hell of a job for the Grizz, but he is in Eugene, Oregon. Montana Hoops plays the Ducks tonight. And don't look now, but... Big Sky Conference play is on the horizon. The Grizzlies open up Big Sky Conference play Thursday at Sac State and then Saturday at Northern Colorado. So we'll get you all prepped up for that. Going to try to have all four of the Division I head coaches from around the state of Montana on the show later on this week, including Montana's Travis DeCure and Brian Holsinger, as well as Montana State's Danny Sprinkle and Trisha Benford. So look forward to that. But great insight from Andrew Houghton, our producer here at ESPN Radio, and also heard from Larry Weir, the voice of the Eastern Washington Eagles, that's part of the Montana Football Hour. You can find all of that on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sportsbet Montana. Time to now to dive in. We had a week off because I think our esteemed colleague here, Marty Morningway, he got a little jacked up when you were uh, raising the 37 flag. Had to take a little week off. World record, <laughs> huh? World record time. That's what they're telling me now. I love it. I love uh, it. I got there early. I wanted a little uh, from Tim Houck, uh, a little a little suggestions on how to. Nobody told me anything. <laughs> what the heck's going on? What a great what a great environment that was, and a big win by the Grizz. Back in the saddle, Marty Warringway gets our Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. We do this the second hour of every Monday show, talking all things football. It's presented in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Winter is coming. So, what are you going to do with your RV? You can't just let it sit around. If it freezes, uh-uh, that's bad. So, you can either go get it winterized at Brett's, or maybe they take it off your hands for you. Maybe they, maybe they buy one, and you buy a new one in the spring. They're looking for inventory right now. They not only have the largest inventory, but they're also trying to expand their inventory. So, swing into Brett's RV and Marine, 4800 Grand Creek Road, Start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. For those that aren't familiar with what we're referencing, because I know that it's been a little late coming for a lot of you at the Grizz games, get your butts in the seats. I know it's a complicated thing, but let's get in the seats before the game starts. I mean, that's kind of the whole allure of having home field advantage. But before each Grizz home game, they raise the 37 flag in honor of the 37 jersey and uh, a ton of great Memorable, legendary players have worn that jersey, including, as you referenced, Tim Houck, who was the sort of the original number 37 and, and definitely one of the greatest players in Big Sky Conference, let alone Montana history. But you had the esteemed honor of getting to raise the flag. So that must have been pretty cool, man. 120th rendition of the rivalry. That must have been a big honor for you to do at your alma mater. It was awesome. Let me tell you, I was so jacked up for it. And it was a Grizz Cat game, the Brawl and they won. When you do something like that, I mean, you take it to heart. You know, I've talked to some football teams before their games that I was not coaching. 
And when that team wins and you gave them a little juice up sure. right before the game or you raise the flag for the Grizz Cat game and they win, it makes your year, and I'm not exaggerating, even a little bit, Colter. Well, it's awesome, man. Well, it, it all, it's also so interesting when you're doing things that maybe you're not used to or, I mean, you've coached in the NFL in games where 60,000 people are there, right? I mean, you've played in college and professionally. There's a bunch of people there. I mean, hell, you're talking to millions of people on this radio show right now. I love it. <laughs> but but it is a little nerve-wracking when you're out there and, and everybody can see you, right? It's totally different doing something when all 27,000 people are looking at you. Well, not if you're properly prepared. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's why I got there early and there was no preparation <laughs> there. But I will tell you, I'm teasing a little bit. I did get some... A little bit of info out of out of the guys, but but it, it it I wanted to get that thing up fast, get a little momentum for the Grizz, even if it was only in my mind. You see what I'm saying? But I, I'll tell you, things have changed from Dorm Blazer Field oh, buddy. to the new stadium. However, it's all relative, right? Sure. You know those Sentinel fellas that won the state championship sure. for the second time. They're going through the same feelings, right, as the Grizz were when they were playing the Cats at the Washington Grizz Stadium and the fellas that are playing in a playoff game or the Super Bowl. It's the same sort of feelings. And so uh, it's it's amazing what 53 guys, and I'm talking about the NFL. In sure. college, it's 105, I sure. believe. Yeah. In high school, it's quite a few. But a bunch of dudes putting their butts on the line for each other. What a great feeling. That Montana-Montana State game, too, was that was I, I was counting them up. I think that was the, the 15th one I've covered as a, a media member. And I believe it was the 21st I've been to in person. And so often, because like every great rivalry and, and every um, in-state thing like that, there's a pendulum. There's always a balance of power. And it, it swings back and forth, but there's always determining and sometimes very obvious factors in what's going to happen in the game or what the advantages are going to be in the game. And I thought coming into last week, both teams were a little banged up, and you could see strength versus strength, weakness versus weakness, where this is going, where is this going to break? What are the, the upper hands that each team could have? And... And I love the X's and O's, the schematics of football. But when it really comes down to emotion, that's what gets my juices flowing the most. And I didn't know who was going to win that game on Saturday. I had no real prediction. I didn't really think about anything other than just enjoying the moment. But when the Grizz seniors, including number 37 currently, Jace Lewis, walked out of the tunnel, I mean, he did his best Ray Lewis impression. He's sauntering out. And at that moment, I'm just thinking, oh, buddy. I don't know if Montana State's ready for this. And then, boom, second play of the game, 74-yard touchdown. And I think the stadium shook for three hours after that. I'll tell you what, that Jace Lewis, he is a heck of a player. He's a great player. Well-deserving of the number 37 jersey. And then the, the second play of the game. Talk about momentum, right? And usually yep. there's some swings. Yep. And, they, and, and there could have been. Yep. We threw a pick to, yep. get, to, to possibly give them – any hope at all, Yep. Uh, but the Grizz pounded them on defense that way. I, I think there were three things in that game. The Montana defense. I thought going into the game, both defenses were excellent defenses. Yep. I gave the nod just a little bit. Uh, 
to Montana State's defense because I had seen enough of them, and I went, wow. Well, I'm complete opposite now. I think the Montana defense is the wow. Right. I really do. And and the Montana uh, State defense uh, showed some red zone capabilities. Yep. But I and then the, the second thing is special teams. And with Bobby being the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies, special teams will always be a positive factor for the Grizz. And then the third thing, offensively, Montana had I was counting them because I thought that it was going to be a big part of the game. They had four big plays, and by big plays I mean plus twenty or more plays. Right. In the first quarter alone. Yep. All right. So they were uh, quite a little bit aggressive, which I thought needed to be done in a game like that. Smartly aggressive. I believe you and I talked about it yep. a couple weeks back. Okay? So they were. Now, the rest of the game, there was like one big play. Right. So I think this. They need to stay with that aggressiveness, even if it backfires. Now, you've got to take care of the football. Right. That bothered me in the second half. You know, but other than that, I thought those were the three big things that won. And I thought it also could have been worse, Coulter. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. If, if Montana's offensive red zone capabilities were just a little bit higher, that thing's 40-something. Right. It, totally. Absolutely. And I, well, I thought that if you know Coach Houck, though, he loves dominating a game via the special teams and the field position battle as much as any coach I've ever been around. And I think once they were up 29-3, to three, he kind of knew, hey, let's not screw around. Let's not show too much of our offense. Our defense is playing absolutely lights out. Our punter's pinning them inside the five every time. Let's just keep those guys. I mean, the second half of the game, it looked like an arena football game. It was played on half the field. They did. Yeah. But I don't think the Bobcats got over, uh, over the 50-yard line except for on that last drive when they got their final touchdown. But it was a suffocating effort, and uh, – Definitely one where they ride a lot of momentum into the playoffs now. Yeah, go Grizz. I watched the Eastern Washington game. I think there are good things coming at the Washington Grizz Stadium on Saturday. I really do. That gets into that second ball game of the year. Yeah. Uh, I love second ball games. You know, in the NFL, you play your whole division the second time. Then in the playoffs, you may see a team or maybe even two uh, that you've played uh, that year before, uh, there's some great uh, positive p- possibilities with that second game. First of all, you take that that last game you played, and then the last three, and you do a great self-examination on yourself. And the matchups are very clear because you got their defensive guy against your guy on film. It's not their defensive guy against somebody else's offensive guy on film. So those matchups become crystal clear, and then the game plan because becomes even more important, Coulter, in that second ball game. You can get your opponent spinning if you do it correctly, and then and then the last thing is that both teams will have evolved just a little bit as long as there's enough time in between. And I know this, both teams have evolved. The Eastern Washington team has evolved to Montana. So you figure that out 
Why did they evolve? How did they evolve? Is there some personnel adjustments that are in it? And then you take all of that into like a ball and you game plan the heck out of it and you get your opponent spinning. So because of those reasons, I think we've got a heck of a football staff at the University of Montana, and they're going to use that as an advantage against this team coming in here. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Morningweg in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas, Talking all things football, talking a little bit about the rivalry game and the FCS playoffs. Friday night in Missoula, Eastern Washington coming into town to take on the Montana Grizzlies. Should be a great game between two traditional rivals. Monday afternoon quarterback presented in part by Alpine Touch. Alpine Touch to get you all hooked up. It's tailgating season. Hunting season just got over. Hopefully all of you filled your tags. Got the perfect way to spice up your meats. Alpine Touch. We're going to give you a Grand Slam package from Alpine Touch right now. And we're going to throw in four tickets to Thursday night's Lady Grizz basketball game against Sacramento State. It's not only a new era for the Lady Grizz. It's a new era across the Big Sky women's basketball. I've never seen this in my life. Of the 12 schools in the Big Sky women's basketball, five of them have new head coaches. Five. That's crazy. This weekend, I got no idea what to expect because Montana plays Sac State and Northern Colorado. They both have new head coaches, too. So you got three new head coaches all play each other for the first time. But Mark Campbell, former assistant at Oregon, who was in the mix for this Lady Grizz job, so he'll be raring to go. He leads now Sacramento State. So you want to watch the first conference game of the Brian Holsinger era? Call right now, 406 888-1029. 888-1029. That's 888-1029. I got four tickets to Lady Grizz basketball and a Grand Slam package from Alpine Touch. Coach, last question on this note. This is, uh, they said it at the press conference today, and it was kind of striking when they said it. They said, uh, welcome to the week 14 press conference. This is 14 weeks now of action for the Montana Grizzlies. The Grizz, they do what they do. And the, some of the things that they do, they do exceptionally well. I actually think that the high-pressure nature of their defense and their aggressiveness in the kick game are among, if not the best in the country. I think their kick game, their ability in the punt and kick coverage game is the best in the United States of America at the FCS level. But that said, you talk about the chess match. They lost Eastern Washington earlier this year. So how do you balance as a coach doing the things you do well, not delineating too much to what you got cranked up and really rolling right now, but also making the necessary adjustments to maybe not make the same mistakes he did the first matchup. Well, they're going over that with a fine-tooth comb with the fellas, with the players. And I'll tell you, I think our defensive staff, that thing is well-coordinated on defense. They will take advantage of some things that happened in that first ballgame. I know this. One thing that I know from the first Eastern Washington game, the Montana Grizzlies ran the football. They did. For good yardage against them, that will come into play. Now, as far as game plan and how do you sort of take all of those things and make it into a game plan, we've talked about this before. You are going to do some of the things that you do really well. It's just a matter of what personnel group formation shifts, motions, what type of look you're going to get. Because you need and you want to keep your opponent off balance. So you can do it a bunch of different ways. So that's first. Second, you're going to identify what their strengths are. And you're going to stymie them on defense. What are their four or five best running plays? You take those running plays away 
and you make them run other plays that they're not as well oiled at. And on offense, you take away their two or three best players. You stymie the heck out of them. Then what is your opponent's weaknesses? And you go after them, and you go after them relentlessly, and it is all game. You don't feel sorry ever for your opponent. Keep going after their weakness. And and the last thought here, because I actually think the state of the Big Sky Conference and football in Montana is at its best when the Bobcat-Grizzly game is for bragging rights and for rivalry uh, swagger, but also when both teams are already set into the playoffs. This wasn't like a win and get in, loser go home type thing. Both these teams were in. I think that that maybe was a disadvantage for Montana State because they knew they didn't have to win to, to punch their ticket. But all I'm saying is that I think that these two teams share now a similar uh, challenge, not letting that result get in the way of the next one, right? If you're the Grizz, you can't be too high. If you're the Bobcats, you, you, maybe it could be a motivating factor for Montana State. It also could be a spark for the Grizz or could be a distraction for the Grizz. could be, oh, let's just lay over and die for the Bobcats. So I guess how do you mitigate that emotion? Yeah, we could discuss the psychological <laughs> right. effects of the Grizz-Cat game for many days. I will tell you, it's better to win the game. Yeah, for sure. Because you got a little mojo, and I believe in mojo. Mojo's real. A little momentum, right? The Bobcats must overcome that just a little bit. Yeah. And I'm sure they will uh, be, because it's, it's not hard to do, and you use that sort of as a fire uh, for, for going into the playoffs. But I will tell you, mo- momentum... It's a good thing the Grizz won the ball game, uh, not for only for recruiting and for next year and all of those things, but for the playoffs, I think it's much, much better that the Grizz won the football game, especially in the fashion that they did. Congratulations to Harold, our winner of the Lady Grizz four-pack, as well as some Alpine Touch. This is the Monday Afternoon Quarterback with Coach Marty here on ESPN Radio. Here's what you're really here for, NFL analysis. We'll do that. Keep it right here, 102.9 FM, ESPN Missoula. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. 
The Grizzlies and the Bobcats shared simultaneous weeks off that saw playoff opponents become solidified and a slew of awards won over the holiday weekend. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Montana's 29-10 win over Montana State secured the number six seed in the FCS playoffs for the Grizz. UM takes a four-game winning streak into its division-best 25th playoff appearance. Montana will host fourth-ranked Eastern Washington Friday night in Missoula after the Eagles posted a 19-9 win over Northern Iowa in the first round on Saturday. Despite the rivalry loss, Montana State takes the number eight seed into the playoffs. The Bobcats will take on an upstart Tennessee Martin squad of the Ohio Valley that forced six turnovers to spring an upset of Missouri State 32-31. The Skyhawks are in their second-ever playoff appearance. Montana and Montana State's football teams were each well-recognized with the release of the Big Sky Conference's year-end awards and all-league squads. Montana State senior linebacker Troy Anderson was named the league's defensive player of the year. Montana quarterback Justin Ford was named the league's newcomer of the year after transferring to UM from Louisville last offseason. Other Grizz that received first-team All-Big Sky accolades include linebacker Patrick O'Connell, safety Robbie Howe, kick returner Malik Flowers, punter Brian Buscini, and special teams ace Trevin Gradney. Other first-team Bobcats included running back Isaiah Afonso, wide receiver Lance McCutcheon, offensive lineman Lewis Kidd, defensive tackle Chase Benson, and defensive end Daniel Hardy. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Garden City Plumbing and Heating. Turn me Set me free somewhere in the middle of Montana. And give me all I've got coming to me. And keep your retirement. You know who's here in studio with me when we're coming back with a little Merle Hager. This would have made my late father very happy. I am friends now with the guy that. He's an Okie from Muskogee himself. Welcome back, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Go check out Northwest Motorsport online at nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. The Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty rolls on Marty Morningway, our resident Merle Haggard fan, as well as our NFL analyst, in studio with me. Coach, one more question, though, about college football before we get into the NFL. Because yesterday, I can't actually really remember a bombshell like this. Lincoln Riley has been talked about for two weeks about how he's going to LSU to replace Ed Orgeron. He blankly stated at multiple press conferences, I'm not answering questions about this because, guys, this is straight up, I'm not going to LSU. Behind the magician's curtain, boom, all of a sudden now he's the new coach at USC. I, I have a lot of thoughts about this, but first and foremost, uh, did this shock you as much as this shocked me? I mean, who leaves Oklahoma? That's like one of the greatest jobs in college football. Did not surprise <laughs> me at all. I've, I've got some – well, I've I've talked to Lincoln uh, a couple of times. We drafted Jalen Hurts That's right. Oklahoma. That's right. And uh, doggone it, Jalen was on a run there up until – up until Sunday. And we're going to get to that in a minute. Yeah, he, but, uh, he hit a wall for sure. Uh, that's not uncommon for a young, talented yeah. quarterback. And then uh, fell. However, it doesn't surprise me at all with Lincoln. I, I think it might have been two years ago when I was being asked, uh, should Lincoln do this or that? And I'm going, why? He's at one of the great places in America regarding college football. Sure. And so even a couple of years ago, I figured – he was looking for what's next. 
And so some coaches get that itch. And it's not, it's not unusual for a coach to be at a place for a period of time. Some coaches believe that you have a six, seven, eight-year... The seven-year itch, as, as many coaches yes, will tell you. type of lifetime. So you see at one place, and sometimes you lose a little bit of your juice if you're at a place too long. Sometimes the administration, yep. and you get tired of each other no matter what the results are. And sometimes you, can't, you, sometimes you just have to avoid getting eaten up by expectations too, right? Like this, like this year, Oklahoma won 10 games, and there was an article on The Athletic about how it was the worst season of the Lincoln-Riley era how, you know, he's on the hot seat. It's like, what is happening? They, they've made the college football playoffs two, maybe three times in his six years at the helm. I mean, it's just amazing the, the, the level you have to win at, at the highest level of college football. I would suspect that most of his thought process went into this freshman quarterback that he has because he is really an outstanding yeah. player. So you know that you have an outstanding quarterback yeah. at Oklahoma. Yeah. I'm not sure he knows that quite yet. Right. Unless, you know, I saw where a recruit decommitted sure. from Oklahoma, and he's from Southern California. Yeah, right. You, you know, is he going to end up at USC? Yeah. So I suspect he had all of his ducks in a row before he pulled the trigger. Well, there's also the, the move from Oklahoma to the SEC, which is one that, I mean— I, I think it, I, I'm so torn on if I think it's good or bad for college football, but the SEC now is going to have so many powerhouses in it yeah. that you could be like one of the six best teams in the country and still be the fifth best team in the league. That that's a crazy scenario to get in, right? I mean, you might lose three or four conference games because you have to play Alabama and Auburn and LSU and you know Georgia and everybody every single year. There is no question. <laughs> That that factored into it as well. And USC. Sure. Let, let's just put it on the table. Look at the history. Absolutely. And so what it's not, I, I mean, if you can do it right, USC is among, if not the best jobs in college football. I agree, Coulter, 100%. And so I'm sure that he put a lot of thought into this. That might have disrupted that last ball game just a little bit. It might have. In his own mind. Yep. Just a little bit. So uh, good luck. Uh, I I've, I've followed him just a little bit, number one, because my mom was born in Muskogee. Yep. I was born in Edmond. But number one, because he was the head coach at Oklahoma, and we're big fans of Oklahoma Boomer Sooners. And then because I have spoken to him several times on some of his quarterbacks that were coming out of Oklahoma. The, the single craziest part about this is the news that just dropped. This is just out this afternoon. Here's some of the contract details for Lincoln Riley. $110 million. That's right, $110 million. That's only the tip of the iceberg here. USC is buying both of his homes. Lincoln Riley had just built a new house. He was in the process of moving into his new house, so he has two homes at his disposal. USC is buying both for $500,000 each over axing price. So that's a cool million-dollar bonus that you get right there. They're also buying a $6 million home in L.A. for him. And he also gets a private jet for he and his family that he can use 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Unbelievable. That's one of the best contracts <laughs> I've seen. Yeah, I would, say, I would say so. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, Marty Morningweg in studio. All right, Coach, let's talk some NFL. Um, first and foremost, yesterday, another crazy day in the league. We've had several in a row that have been sort of nonsensical all over the place. 
But also a couple of the biggest names in the league went down. Dalvin Cook, he had to get carted off the field. He was crying, didn't look great. Uh, Jack Conklin, the big tackle for the Browns, he definitely did something bad. Uh, it, he was just a mess when he was getting carried off the field. And probably the one that is most pertinent to our listeners just because I know everybody around here plays fantasy football and he was the number one pick in everybody's draft. Christian McCaffrey gets shut down as well. So fantasy football aside, just from a offensive play calling uh, standpoint, which you did for more than 25 years in the NFL, how tough is it when you lose it? I mean, Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey, those are two of the best guys in the league. Yes, and you try to twist some of these things into what a great opportunity for our next man up to play as good or better. It seems like you and I talk about this every other week because injuries are part of the NFL. It can decimate a team, first of all, if there's too many and at the positions that mean an awful lot in the NFL on offense. It could be the quarterback, the left tackle, the star receiver, right? If you lose too many of those guys and you're down to your seventh flanker, good luck. I've been there, done it, right? And you try to maneuver. And you can, it doesn't mean you still can't win some games. If you lose some players that... Let's say your right guard, we talked about the Super Bowl year in Green Bay. We lost a right guard. We lost a linebacker. They were both fantastic players. The next man up played almost as well, right. and we didn't miss a beat. So that's what those teams will be looking for as far as production out of the next man up. One of the main storylines here in the NFL the last couple weeks, and it's sort of coincidental and ironic that it's aligning with this uh, – <laughs> vanity project that Tom Brady's releasing. He's got his men in the arena out right now. It's all about the glory of the New England Patriots days. But in the meantime, while Tom's soaking up the Rays down in Tampa Bay, the Patriots don't look now are a real-life contender again. They've won four in a row. Their schedule down the stretch is incredibly favorable. So where are we at with the Patriots? And, and how impressive is this for Bill Belichick to get this thing rolling with a rookie quarterback like he's done? You and I talked about this weeks ago when they were sloshing through some games. The New England Patriots are a very good football team. They lost a game early in the year on a fumble in four minutes when they were in field goal range, which would would have been the game-winning field goal. And I went, hmm, that will likely not happen again the rest of the year. They've got a very good defense that's getting better and better. They've done a fantastic job with their rookie quarterback, And I'm not so sure that the fans understand how hard that is to do. Yes, there has been some, and they've been on really good football teams, and I think that's what's happening at the New England Patriots. You go back to Ben Roethlisberger's rookie year. What a great defense he had and a run game. Dan Marino, they started him at some point during that year. What a fantastic crew he had down there in Miami. But there hasn't been many rookie quarterbacks. In fact, most of the rookie quarterbacks this year you've seen are failing. Right. They're swimming uphill because their teams just aren't quite good enough to win ball games. Here's what we're going to do. we got to get one more break in. So we're going to take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about a couple different divisions in the league because one of the toughest divisions in the league, the AFC North, 
the Ravens keep winning it, even though they didn't look any good last night. But they still, it's hard to say that they're not any good. They're 9-3. and three. Meanwhile, in the AFC South, the Colts look like one of the best teams in the league to me, but they lost again yesterday to fall to 6-6. Six and six. Where are we at with some of the leading contenders in the AFC and around the NFL? Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty right after this. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. ESPN Radio. And I'm proud to be an Okie from the school. Hey, Prince Prairie with squares can have a ball. We still wave old glory down at the courthouse. I cannot believe the music. <laughs> I, I can't believe that your awesome. mom was actually born in Muskogee. And then, and then. Moved to Perry, and that's where she met my dad. My dad was born in Perry, which is about, oh, 50, 60 miles straight north of Oklahoma City. You got to love it, man. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it was a true pleasure meeting your brother. Marty Morningwig in studio with me. It's Nuanas now. We, uh, we got a chance to hang out with your whole family uh, back in uh, June at the Montana Football Hall of Fame, and, and that was awesome. So uh, it was good to hear. Maybe t- tell your mom we've been playing some uh, some music from her hometown here on Nuanas now. Uh, she, heck, she may be listening. Hey, let's go. I love uh, it. You know, Darla Joe. <laughs> love Homecoming it. queen, Perry High School, <laughs> back in the day. Sweet lady, man. She's she is great. Thank you, Coulter. Monday afternoon quarterback, Marty Morningweg, in studio with us. Presented in part by Alpine Touch and in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's RV and Marine have been locally owned and operated for more than 50 years. They have an extensive RV parts and accessories department, so come find out what makes them the number one RV dealer in Montana. You can stop by 4800 Grand Creek Road, start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in the Treasure State. All right, let's talk about just the ebbs and flows of this NFL season. I know that it's always kind of all over the place, but this year more than ever, it's been... There's so many teams that are all sort of stuck at this exact same spot. But I think that there's such varying levels of which of these teams are good. Like, it's so crazy to me that the Indianapolis Colts have a very similar record to, like, the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. And all of a sudden, the Miami Dolphins, who look like they couldn't win a game, and now all of a sudden, they've, they're they on a three-game winning streak. So, I mean, what is it? What's the margin of error? Why does this just seem so goofy to me? I think it's like that culture every year. Yeah, maybe I'm just I, paying attention more because I'm hanging out with you more. I mean, I've been there right in the middle, Coulter, and one of those teams that are out of the playoff picture right now, just in underneath the line, one of those teams in the NFC and one of the teams in the AFC, will likely there'll be one apiece that make a run and win five, six, seven in a row. The Dolphins are trying to do that. The Indianapolis Colts, I do agree with you. They're very, very good. But they're two games out, I believe, uh, behind Tennessee, the right, Titans. Right, uh, But the, no. Titans, the Titans might be a little trouble right now, though, because the Titans did have this juggernaut of an offense with all these big, strong dudes. But all of a sudden, Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, they're all out. I agree 100%. I think they might be 
faltering. They better dig deep and maneuver just a little bit better than they have been recently. Their whole style is so based on when they get in the red zone, they can just pound you because they got the biggest, strongest running back one of ever in the history of the league. Yesterday, watching them in the red zone, it was like a catastrophe because they had to throw it and they can't do it. I will tell you, most really good red zone teams throw the football in. What a great advantage the Tennessee had because they could run it in. They've lost that advantage, it appears, and they haven't worked enough on their passing red zone offense to make a difference. I think that's that's that might be something that if they if they get better at, they can make a little run. I'm still, and I know I keep going back to this, and I've been kind of stuck on it for a couple weeks, but the Indianapolis Colts still are to me a bona fide contender, even though they're 500 because of several things. First of all. I believe that the analytics said that their strength of schedule the first six weeks of the year was the hardest in the NFL in 20 years. So it makes sense why they started one and four. But I also think that when you have an elite offensive line, you have an elite running back who's a dual threat too. He's not just a power back. He can catch the ball in Jonathan Taylor. You got a quarterback who seems to refound his confidence. And you also got a nasty defense led by a couple of the best leaders in the league, DeForest Buckner and, and, uh, um, who's the inside guy? How am I forgetting? He's one of my favorite players in the league. Regardless, uh, they're inside line. Oh, Darius Leonard, of course. Uh, I just think that gives you a chance. And and I, I still think if they can figure out a way to ham and egg their way to the playoffs, they're going to be an incredibly tough out when you get there. Carson needs to simply take care of the ball. Right. And they're rolling. I believe he threw two more picks. He did. You know, and so if he takes care of the football, they're a really, really good team. And, and Carson can go six or eight or ten ball games and take care of that football really well and then all of a sudden it may blow up on him. So if he can if he can at this later stage or right, really right in the middle of his career take care of that issue and become a consistently high performer because he's proved he can he can perform at a high level throughout time and do it consistently the Indianapolis Colts have a really good chance at making a run. Last night on Sunday Night Football. Yesterday was actually sort of fascinating, too, because the NFL has just been on fire in terms of the primetime games being some of the best games. Wasn't necessarily the case last night. I thought most of the great games were actually the afternoon games. The The Indy-Tampa Bay game in the morning was great. And uh, then in the afternoon, the, the Vikings-Rams, or excuse me, the Vikings-Niners game and the Rams-Packers games were kind of the two showcases. And uh, the Sunday night game between the Ravens and, and the Browns was sort of a clunker, mostly because there was just so many turnovers. But Baltimore, I mean, it's just amazing the way that they figure out a way to win. I mean, four picks by Lamar Jackson, they still they somehow moved to nine and three. I will tell you, I thought last night's game was fascinating because of one man, Lamar Jackson. The man is special. He's one of those few select guys that you say going into a game. Uh, let's make sure that we give this man enough opportunities to win the ball game. And even though he throws four picks, how many times does a team actually win a game with four interceptions? I can't remember one. I'm sure there's an outlier in there. The Baltimore Ravens are so good that they still win the game. So that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. They laid one. They laid an egg right in the middle of the 50-yard line. 
offensively and still won the game. That's a good thing because they won't do that very often. And in that same division, I thought maybe the most shocking result was the Bengals beating the Steelers. Not that it happened, but that they beat the Steelers by four and a half touchdowns. I was actually thinking this. I don't know if the Steelers have ever lost a regular season game by 35 points. Well, uh, they were in Cincinnati (laughs) and Cincinnati. Cincinnati's sort of been up and down, but when they're up, they are really, really good. They've oh, got an really excellent, excellent quarterback. I mean, they can run and gun a little bit. Uh, they, their defense is solid. Pittsburgh is not the team that it once was. Big Ben is good enough as long as he has a great team around him. But he's no longer good enough to carry a team like he's done on occasion in the past. Last thing, and this is just me getting off my chest. We only got about two minutes left, but I'm just so. This is why I I know you kind of are into the analytics and and you like the statistics. You're an offensive guy, you're an offensive coordinator, so I get it. But any and all statistics that point toward Kurt Cousins being any sort of functionally good is are just false. Uh, there's been all the there's been all these people pointing towards Kurt Cousins. And now I finally have a defining moment as the last thing on the earth, and I'm actually a fan of the Minnesota Vikings. The dude in the fourth quarter of a game with huge playoff implications, he goes and lines up under the wrong offensive lineman, and then on the very next play out of a timeout, throws the ball in the stands. I just was beside myself. I couldn't believe what I was watching. You're just upset because <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings lost a close game to a pretty good football team. Now, I will say the quarterback lining up under the guard. <laughs> I mean, come on. It happens on occasion, and normally it's in practice. And why? Because the quarterback has a lot of responsibility. For sure. First wide vision. The quarterback has many different visions. But the first wide visions, their guys, or pick up both safeties. Where's the DT? Is he in a three or a one? Your guys, are we lined up properly? The 40-second clock, all of those things. And quarterbacks do a lot of things by feel, right? Sure, sure. It's a lot of things by feel, and then all of a sudden, you'll have a quarterback on a rare occasion line up. It's usually a right-hander under the right guard. <laughs> That's right. Or a left-hander under the left guard. So, uh, But it usually happens in practice. You're just mad. Because of Minnesota Vikings. Are they 500 even? Five and six. They're five and six. <laughs> they still have an opportunity. To be continued, Nuanas now will be back at tomorrow at 4 p.m. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Find all of it. If you missed any of it on the podcast, we'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. ESPN Radio. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, fiber deployments, and community events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news.
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 